The meat of live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Tonight we're going to look at three different books that tell us about gifts. And um, our main passage is going to come from Ephesians. Gifts are wonderful to give and to receive. I, I personally like to give receipts versus receiving. And unless somebody specifically asks for money, and that's usually teenagers, but if somebody asks for money, I'll give them money. But usually I like to take that time and search for just that right gift for someone. Just that right gift. And tonight, I'm not going to be delivering a message about gifts that are tangible that we can hold and unwrap, but we're going to discuss spiritual gifts and how those spiritual gifts within our own life and of the life of the church and how that brings us to unity. Working together to reach that common goal of telling others about the kingdom of God and uniting together as one for him. Not separating everyone, but uniting together as one. So please keep that in mind. That's so very important as we talk about this tonight. The Apostle Paul was all about preaching and teaching to the churches throughout his ministry, and he loved to preach about unity coming together and being as one. And he also wrote about gifts. Okay? All the parts of a machine must work together. How many engineers do I have in here? Anybody who's engineerically out? I knew Steve was going to raise his hand on there. And women, we sometimes often wonder how the machine of the men's brain works. But many parts of the machine have to work together. The gears, the pistons, the engine, everything. Okay? And if all of those parts of the machine are not working together and in unity to do their part, what happens? It breaks down. And that's what happens within our church. If we don't work together in unity and everyone is on that common goal, we'll break down. So we're going to be looking at that. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, of course, is in the New Testament. This is part of where I always tell the children, now where is Ephesians found? New Testament. All right. While you're turning there, I want to give you a little background about Ephesians. Um, I've been teaching the students about reading your Bible is one thing, but understanding the meaning and going a little deeper is so very important. You need to know the historical aspect of it. And Ephesians was not written to correct the people of Ephesus. Okay? A lot of Paul's teachings were written to correct the church to say, hey, look, you've messed up. Okay? But Ephesians was not written for correction. 
it was written to help them understand the depth of the purpose of knowing who God truly is and the importance of knowing how deep his love extends. This was kind of an encouraging letter to the people of Ephesus. So turn with me to chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Follow along as I read, and I am reading from the NIV translation, so I know it may be a little different than what you're used to. But follow along and listen carefully, and then we're going to kind of break it down into bite sizes. Okay? So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to be one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who was over and all, through all, and in all. Verse 7, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 9, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here or there for every wind teaching and by the cunning of craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, and each part does its work. Whew, that is a lot of verses to comprehend. Like I said, instead of just looking at it all at the same time, we're going to break it down into bite-sized pieces. Sometimes we have to peel that onion back to get to the good parts. So looking at verses 1 through 6, you know, verse 2 reminds us of something that's very familiar for most of us here at the jar, the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians, gentle, patient, love. But we also see that word humble. These are characteristics of Christ. But not only just Christ, but of Christianity. Okay? We are to be Christ followers. That means we are to follow in his footsteps and to follow just like him so therefore that's how we should be as well Paul's letters would oftentimes stress the unity unity in life and 
definitely unity within the churches. He's doing the same here in these verses. Verse 3. Verse 3. Keep the unity. Verse 4. One body, one spirit, one hope. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father. One. Not two, but one. United together. Passing on down to verse 11. This tells us that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the ability for works of service so that, okay, listen to this, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ so that the body of Christ will be built up working together to build Christ up so that others may see him for who he is the son of God king of kings lord of lords not about you but that gets me some chills and gets me excited that people can see who he is but there's a nice little bow in all of this together. Just like when you have a present, you only put that bow on last. Look at verse 14 through 16. So that we're no longer infants being tossed back and forth, meaning we're so indecisive we don't know which way to go. We're going to become mature. We're going to be able to understand those who are deceitful and cunning. The more we grow in God's Word and the more we grow in unity together and through our spiritual gifts, we will be able to know those who are not truly within the works of Christ. Okay, this is part of your spiritual gifts. You'll be speaking the truth in love and become more and more and build up in love and unity. I can't preach that enough, that unity. That's why Paul preached it a lot. People will see the church working together as one, and they know that they're working for the Son of God. And things will be stronger. Now, church isn't just a building. How many of you know that? Church is not just a building. It's all the Christians around, all of those Christ followers around, no matter where you are, that's the church. We're just blessed to be able to have a building to come to and join together and build one another up to be filled, to go out and be emptied. Okay? But we are actually the church outside these walls. Now, in Romans chapter 12, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, just a few books back, still written by good old Paul. Good old Paul. Romans 12. Paul begins in chapter 12, verse 3 telling each of us that nobody is better than the other person. And he continues with various gifts that we are potentially given. And here's the key thing. We're not given all of these gifts. Okay? Can you imagine having all of the spiritual gifts that are going to be listed here at one time? Well, then your name might as well be Christ. Because we can't handle all of them at one time. And God knows that. Every person has a gift. So let's read Romans 12. We're going to start in verse 3, and we're only going to read 3 through 8. 
For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith of God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesizing, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now so many times we see all of these, but go back to that verse 4 and says, you know, be that humble. Be that humble. We cannot do all of this ourselves and nobody has a better gift than you. You might see that as that. Nobody has a gift that's better than your own. Everybody has a special gift. And each one of us work in our own special gifts and work together. It becomes smooth, becomes more united, and people see the church building up. And again, not the church building growing, but the people growing. It gets kind of confusing sometimes. And sometimes kids really want to know, why didn't I get that gift? And they got that gift. Have you ever had seen that at a birthday party? I see that a lot with siblings who are close together, especially little ones. Brother or sister may get a gift, and the other one throws a fit because they didn't get a gift. Sometimes adults can do that inside the church as well. It can happen. Think of the machine again. If a machine was made up of all gears, it wouldn't be able to operate efficiently, would it? No. It takes many parts. Verse 5 says that same thing. Many members, but the same function, working together. Okay. Verse 6 tells us some of those gifts. Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. With permission, I told Goldie earlier this week, um, she has a gift of service. If you were here last Sunday night, she whipped up a good meal. And not just for herself, but for everyone. And she worked hard all through the week, and we thank you for that. That is her gift. I see the gift of leading. Steve has that gift of leading at Solid Rock. I see the gift of service with Sherry and Patsy each Saturday when you're here for the clothes closet. And encouraging, hugging one another. Wishing everyone a great week. The gift of worship. We all have those special gifts. And it doesn't mean that you can't get one of the other gifts later on. It's when God sees it necessary for you to have that additional gift. That gift that you can handle. It's like giving a 10-year-old a Mercedes. <laughs> they can't handle it. Most adults can't handle one. We're not going to be getting that Mercedes until we can understand the toy truck first. Okay? We have to start out as babies and continue to grow. Each one of these gifts is important, and they have to work together. Again, have that unity. And we can't be envious of each other's gifts. 
we cannot be envious. That goes back to that verse. Be humble. Don't think of anybody better than yourselves. Lastly, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This book was written also, of course, by Paul to the church of Corinth. And this chapter 12 in my Bible is uh, titled Concerning Spiritual Gifts. So now we're actually getting to what I'm supposed to be preaching upon. There are many mentions of gifts. I'm going to be reading verses 4 through 11 of 1 Corinthians. Let's start there. Verse 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one of them is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for a common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, in another, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and in the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. There's some key words in there. I've always told the uh, children and students that when you see a word capitalized, what does that mean? It's of importance. Okay, The word spirit throughout these, these verses is capitalized. Okay, We know who the spirit is. I love how Paul wrote this. By the spirit, in the same spirit. He, keeps, he wants to hammer that into your head. When it's repeated more than once, twice, three times, you better start paying attention. Paul wants you to know that. Different kinds of spirits, but the same person distributes them. Different kinds of workings, but all from the same God. And I love what verse 7 says, for the common good. He gives these for the common good. Common good working together. Now verse 8, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, speaking in tongues, but here's this big word, that proverbial word, but, because, uh, but someone who can interpret the tongues. Okay? Now that is a whole other sermon, but it's very important to remember. I can remember as a young teenager walking into a church and about just first ten minutes Many of the congregations, we were in the very back, we stood up and they all started speaking in different tongues and running around and the mother that I was with and my friend, Noelle, and her mom, she described us and we walked right back out. But yeah, there was no one there to interpret and we were not going to stay. And I drive by that church quite a bit when I go home and I just, I remember that. If you're not going to have somebody there interpreting, don't stick around. Be very careful. Be, you, that is your wisdom there. Verse 11. All of these are the work of one spirit. Can you imagine? 
can you imagine distributing all of these gifts to someone and saying, oh, yeah, this guy, oh, you're going to get wisdom. You're going to get knowledge over here. Serving over here, prophecy over here. But he knows, he knows what we are to receive and what we can handle. And he also knows that if we receive one of those gifts, we might get a little too arrogant and guess what? Yeah, it can be diminished, it can be taken away. Okay? He knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. We have to be humble, not thinking that anybody's better than us or that we are better than anybody else. That's the most important. Don't think of yourself more highly than others. Some final thoughts that I want to give you. God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can work together to build up His church. They're all different. They're all useful. And we use our gifts to serve God, not man, not one another. They come from God and God alone. Spiritual maturity, meaning whether you're a new believer or someone who has followed Christ for many years, does not determine your gift. As a new believer, you may receive a gift, and then eventually you'll receive another one, or that gift may completely grow into something more and manifest into something else. Okay? It is awesome when you see someone growing in their faith and you see them receiving more and more gifts and you see them grow and that just how they fill up and then they empty out into others. That's a gift in itself. How many times have we been filled up and just kind of set and just, oh yeah, maybe I feel good. But we never go out and share it with anybody. That happens. Unfortunately, it happens. But we follow Christ for many years. It doesn't determine our gifts, but they all equally work together in that wonderful word called unity. Joining together. You may be asking yourself what my gift is. And I can't answer that for you. That, in my opinion, that is between you and God for you to determine your gift. I know for many years, not this, I don't say this in a bragging way, I used to sing and I sang a lot, and I quit using that gift. And now my voice isn't what it used to be. My gift of playing the piano, I didn't use my gift, so now it's really hard for me to play. Arthritis does not help either. I kind of feel maybe that was changed. You know, you didn't use it, so I'm going to have to try to get your attention some other way. And that happens. You have to let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You have to spend some quiet time with God and just say, Hey, what's my spiritual gift? Lord, what are you wanting me to do? I know that you were blessing me with something, but man, I just don't know quite what it is. But if we're quiet, he'll tell us. I'll tell you a little bit of story. This has kind of popped into my head. One day I was driving to Seminole, and I was having a good talk with the Lord and kind of fussing and griping. I got to Stratford, and I stopped to pick up some peaches. Continued on my journey, and got back in the car, and I just started back in. All right, Lord, I want to know what's going on here. And I was just a fussing. 
I got ready to say something, I don't remember what it was, I got ready and I started talking out loud and no voice came out of my mouth, just like that, no voice. And I had to laugh because I thought, that <laughs> was God reaching down, putting duct tape over my mouth and saying, shut up, Carrie, I'm ready to answer. But you're not giving me enough time to answer. Sometimes we have to shut up so that we can hear God. Okay, I like to talk. I like to preach. But sometimes I gotta shut up. So I'm trying to get in that habit. I want to start fussing and griping, and I just okay, Lord, I'm gonna shut up now and let you talk. Otherwise, you won't take my voice away from me. And I don't like to talk too much. As soon as I got my answer, though, and realized what it was, I promise you, my voice came back. And that's pretty cool to experience. Be still and know that He will answer you. I want to encourage you to speak with Pastor Michael, Pastor Carrie, Pastor Steve. Come to myself. And if you're trying to seek and understand what your spiritual gift is, or maybe if you're thinking, I might have this other gift, I'm just not quite sure. Can you help me discern? Can you help me pray about this? I need to know. Okay, when we pray together and we seek those answers, you're really going to hear God speak. You know, the one gift, we talked about spiritual gifts, but the one gift I am so, so, so thankful for is the gift of my salvation. It's not necessarily that spiritual gift, but it's my salvation. And I know no matter how many times in life I mess up, and trust me, I mess up, I know He's willing to forgive me. When I don't stop talking, I know he's willing to forgive me. If you're wanting a gift and you're wanting that special gift of salvation, it's something you're going to cherish for the rest of your life. Talk to someone. Reach out. Speak. It's the only way that you can get answers sometimes if you speak to someone here on earth. And let the Holy Spirit work through both of you. Not just one of you, but he'll work through both of you at the same time because you're coming together. There's no other gift better than your gift of salvation. Not even a Mercedes, not even the lottery. Okay, the lottery is not gonna get you into heaven. I know that may shock some people. Only your gift of salvation and saying, hey God, come get me. I'm yours. I wanna be all I can be for you. It was like the army says, be all that you can be. We're in the Lord's army, aren't we? I want to be all I can be. I want to use my spiritual gifts for the best thing. And you know what? Our spiritual gifts continue to evolve throughout our whole life. From the very young to the old at heart. Those gifts can evolve. And then just keep growing. Father God, we just thank you. You have designed many gifts for everyone upon this earth. And Lord, sometimes we don't know how to recognize our gifts. And we have to call out to you and, and help discern what that is. And, and Father, if someone knows their gift and they're not utilizing it to the fullest of its potential, Lord, help them to recognize that. Lord, help us to remember that no other gift is better or higher than any other gift because it takes every 
part, every gift working together in unity to build your kingdom. And that's what we're here for, Lord. We serve you and you alone. And Lord, if there's anyone tonight or listening to this later that does not know you and has not received that gift of salvation, Lord, help them to reach out to someone. First and foremost, to reach out to you and just say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry for the way I have been. Please forgive my sins and I am ready to follow hard after you. Lord, we just thank you for our time together and uh, be with us over these next few moments as we continue to worship you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Jar with Pastors Michael and Carrie Rogers. If you're a believer in Christ looking for an opportunity to learn how to be a disciple maker, come see us at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Our regular gatherings start on Sundays at 4 p.m., so you can still make it to see us today. Hope to see you soon. I am filled To be 